Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Off the Shelf from the Ulian Public Library. This time, we're just going to be discussing uh, different books that we've read separately, and we're just going to try to come up with some good recommendations for each other based on these. So, Brittany, do you want to start talking about your book? Yeah, um, I have been reading through Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, parts one and two. Um, It's been interesting. It's gone pretty quickly, but I feel very conflicted about the book as a whole. I'm not completely through it yet. I'm about two-thirds the way through. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's weird to think that this is something that was signed off on as part of the whole Harry Potter built world. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a weird knockoff. <laughs> like a fanfic, like we yes. were talking about. It, which, I mean, it might as very well be, but at the same time, it I feel like it shouldn't obviously be, if that makes sense. So it's like bad fanfiction, in other words? <laughs> or mediocre fanfiction? That'd be a Lolan Persian version. Oh. Is it, <laughs> is it, is it distracting? Is it, is it distracting to you that it's set in a play form rather than a narrative like a novel no um i've read plays and you know there are some that i've really enjoyed but i feel like they could have done better i think jack thorne could have call out not not like (laughs) i'm sure you know he did a good job in his own way for maybe other readers but from my standpoint in reading it i just felt like it was a lacking in imagination i know it's primarily dialogue and stage cues and whatnot but at the same time i've read hamlet (laughs) and (laughs) and you're still here (laughs) and i'm still here and i felt like i was more enthralled in that than i was in this and that was kind of really good but i still felt (laughs) really kind of i guess saddened because i had a higher expectation i've heard great reviews about the play especially because you already you already knew so much about all these characters and the author and everything but having them come back together for this was a dumpster fire. Yeah, it it just didn't feel like it fit. It felt like, I know it's supposed to be time has passed for a lot of our more favorite characters, but it doesn't seem like this is a change because of time, but more of an out-of-character experience. Hmm. And it just, it's very different. And I, I liked that we were slowly moving on to different characters, but... I don't feel like we moved on enough, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, it's still the world of Harry Potter. It's still Harry Potter's family that's involved. But mm-hmm. um, I think Scorpius, that character, I would have liked to have seen a lot more from his point of view than a general overview following the two boys, I think. Who's Scorpius? Malfoy's son. Oh, Albus is Harry's, and it's mostly told sort of from mostly, like, Albus's point of view. I mean, it's a play, but it's, like, Albus says he has the most dialogue, I think. Yeah. And he... Well, then there's a little while where he doesn't, and it's mostly following Scorpius as, like, Albus suddenly doesn't exist anymore because of their meddling in time travel. Yeah. Um, Do you think that if it didn't have the Harry Potter name that it would have been popular? Like, if it was just, like, a separate thing? I mean, yeah. the play was really popular, but the book is itself. Um, I don't know. I, maybe it should have just been Albus Par- Potter as the title. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, they want they want to get all the Harry Potter readers. Yes. Yeah. And the Sorcerer's Stone yes. and the, yeah. Yes. Yep. 
that's what I'm wondering is, is was it really popular because it was part of the Harry Potter franchise? If I it had think been? in association it would have been. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But I think this kind of I don't know how to explain it. It just doesn't doesn't feel like it fits. Doesn't scratch your itch. It feels like a voyeur of the world rather mm-hmm. than a participant. Mm, okay. Well, there's no narrator. There's no one to, like, really get you into it. Right, but, of. like, just from the descriptions of the clothes and the, you mm. know what I mean? Like, the expressions and stuff like that. I just, I don't feel like I'm immersed in it. And I have read plays where I did feel like that. Sure. So it's... I mean, that worked with Harry Potter. Like, all the world building, all the yes. character building. But with this, it feels short. I know it's it's minimal because it's a play, but I feel like even with minimal it can still pack a punch, and this doesn't for me. Sure. I think the world was already built, and he was kind of just trying to explore it. Mm. And, um, like, he goes through scenes that had already happened, changes some things, but it's just like, where's where's the new adventure? Mm -hmm. Don't rehash an old one. Yeah. These are new characters, (laughs) and we're trying to stress that... Albus Potter is different from his dad and he's trying to have a different, you know, so then build a different, you know, yeah, build a different story with the same world yeah, instead of, that. you know, the same world, same story. We're just reviewing it again. But I haven't gotten to the end yet. It might surprise me. Um, I still have a little ways to go left. Um, I'm not sure how things are going to turn out. So I'm kind of excited to just see how it goes in the end. Like I said, it's gone very fast. So... Hopefully, I will have a change of heart in how I feel about it. So, I know that you haven't finished it, but would you recommend this book for people? Um, not... Don't weave anything. Yeah, (laughs) it's yes or no. (laughs) I don't think for a diehard fan, no. I wouldn't. But someone that's just like... Which for our audience, they should know you're a pretty diehard fan. I am. (laughs) I mean, would you... Do you think that this could be something that people who have never read Harry Potter could enjoy? Um, we should. Uh, they probably would be very confused. Like okay. I said, it's rehashing old sure, scenes. Sure. So like, so there's a lot of stuff like that what you just have to know. To yeah. Like, okay. I think still someone that is just genuinely enjoying it and not maybe like like a really, casual fan. Yeah, okay. like not has seen and read everything, but has not been enthralled by it or like okay. you know if you a diehard fan. I guess. <laughs> if you were talking to a diehard fan or even just a kid that had picked up Harry Potter and was trying to look for something, what would you recommend for them to read that's not this? That's that not would this. have the same kind of feeling. I have a recommendation actually. Oh, if you want okay. a second to think. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the Percy Jackson series um have either of you read those? I have not, truly, but... truly, amazing. I read them I've in college, heard, like, as an adult. Yeah. They were so, so good. The world building's amazing. Can't remember the author's name, but he slapped. The kids loved Percy Jackson. Yeah, it, it Every was, 12-year-old. <laughs> like I said, the world building is so awesome. They do, like, caricatures of, like, gods. There's a whole scene with, like, Medusa, and she's horrible. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think Medusa's horrible, but whatever. But um, it, w- it was so good, and it's, and it's so, like... You get, like, you get into You're it. lost into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I read the first book in, like, a day and a half. <laughs> and again, I was an adult, but <laughs> it was really, really good. So that would be my recommendation. Just to stick my foot in that door. <laughs> <laughs> Not my question, but... Because I have, I have <laughs> no. a few, like, other ones that I could say were, like, similar that I've read. I read a lot of young adult, though. And, I mean, mostly when you're looking for something similar to Harry Potter, you want, like, 
a series, you want something that's going to last a while and something yeah. that's going to carry you through, like, a period or something. But I guess when you had us read Speak, I really did I really did feel like I was... Nice. Like, I, I felt involved with the character. I yes. thought it was... Melinda. Yeah. I, I love her. Like, it, I mean, it was, like, a way different story. Mm-hmm. It's so slow, most of it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it reads really quickly because it's a shorter book, but... It's more like a journal yeah, than like a narrative. It, yeah, it feels more... I guess it's that realistic feeling that hmm. is being played upon, and that's sure. why you feel like you're a little bit more immersed in it. But I guess that would probably be the closest I've been to being immersed in something in a while. We could say that the Hazel Wood is kind of similar. Is there a third book coming out oh, in the series? Oh, oh, oh! I also, that. yeah, have, I know, I know. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's magical realism. There's magic. I think there's evil. I, there's the yeah. land of stories is something yes. that a lot of kids are really. Yes, that was that's into. a cool concept. Even I if would, the author didn't do it well, it's a cool concept. I would put this around Hazelwood. Okay, I would. That's fine. <laughs> this this book, not the world, yes. of Harry, not the actual Harry Potter series. Yes. Um, but this book, I think I would because I I also have that fanfic feeling where I wasn't like you couldn't get into it. Yes, for Hazelwood. So. Yeah, that's okay. I'm not offended. I didn't write oh, it. Oh, um, what was that last book we read? The Moonlight. Woven, Mo- and Woven and Moonlight. That was really good. That wasn't like the, the last one though. The last like one was that. Children of Blood and Bone. Yeah. Woven and Moonlight came before. Yeah, that yeah. One. But but, but I, I loved that book. Oh, that was so good. Children of Blood and Bone was really good too. Just read all the books that we do on our podcast because they're all really good. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the ones that we recommend, and then we recommend you the listen last to our one episode. That Brittany also hated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, that's Hazelwood. Was no. there was there anything else that you wanted to say about your book before we move on? No, I think I think we've covered it all. Awesome, like Rachel. It. Would you like to go next, or would you like me to? Um, I think you should. Okay, <laughs> I can do that. Um, so I also haven't finished my book, but it's this book called Gods of Jade and Shadow. So good. By, thank you for your input, by Sylvia (laughs) Moreno-Garcia. Um, is this, it's not young adult, it's just adult fiction. Um, but it's got this really cool sort of world building where it's like kind of like the jazz age 1920s, like southern Mexico. I had to Google where this was because it's like Mexico was shaped like a, you sort of and so it's way it's like bottom tip um and they travel through yeah up to like almost california into california well they go through texas i don't think they go into the end of the book i don't know whatever i tried to i tried to google it um it's it's a thing anyway uh i'll just say the book's pace is like really really fast like it's like the first 10 pages are like oh we're sitting and we're cleaning the floor and then after that it's like oh we're we're in it now we're doing this and it's very fast but i think it it goes well it kind of reads a little bit like like a tale that you would have heard as like an indigenous person in this area that's what the the narrator talks a lot about the difference between like aztec and mayan versus like American influences, 1920s jazz age, like everything's gold or like there's these fancy little like designs and then there's also like I don't know rock that's been like sculpted into fancy shapes. It's like it's a very weird juxtaposition between like the past and then sort of the future I guess for Cassiopeia Cassiopeia, the main character I don't know how to pronounce it 
Um, so that's something that I really liked about the book was actually, it's like the, the pace of it, it's, it's never boring. Like you're never like, ah, I wish this part would go faster. I mean, the, the narrator kind of switches between sort of, it's never in the first person, but it's like, you hear about Cassiopeia's journey and then her cousin, Martine, who's like the worst person in the world. I wish we could skip through his parts really fast. Like he just... He's like on par with he's truly, Andy. Is that the beast's name from Speak? Yes, Andy the Beast. I was yeah. thinking of Inan from Children oh, of Blood yeah. and Bone. Oh, <laughs> he was horrible, and I still hate him. Yep. Um, so that's kind of who he just has like this like he's like he's guaranteed something just because of where he was born. It's the entitlement. Crap. Yeah, just garbage. He's like, oh, I never had to read because I was born a man in southern Mexico in 1923. And it's like, no, dude, like, that's not the rule. <laughs> there's not a rule about this, but there's something very cool where she's going through this book and she's, like, going further away from home to, like, fulfill this quest, sort of like a hero's journey. And along the way, she's kind of learning that, like, the traditions that she's been taught as a woman are just, like, garbage. Like, there's even a part where she's, like, drinking champagne and she, like, blushes and she's like, oh, a woman is not supposed... You know what? I don't care anymore. <laughs> and I just really like that. Like, she had to cut her hair at one point, and it was really, like, scarring. And then she's like, no, actually, I look really hot. Like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> so it's pretty lit. Um, my favorite character is the main character, Cassiopeia. She has a sort of, like, just, like, a general strength to her that you don't see in a lot of main characters. She, even people mention in them, they're like... Like a fortitude? Yeah, just, like, she has this desire to just, like, stay alive, whether that means, like, <laughs> I think she slapped her cousin at one point, and she's <laughs> like, well, I like, that probably wasn't very nice of me, but who cares, you know? And um, she just has a really nice, like, strong attitude, even though she's like, well, I'm a woman, I can't do that much. I'm, I'm still gonna try. <laughs> I still want to reach the ocean someday. Um, which places in the book would I most like to visit? All the places. I would like to go to all the places. There's a lot of places. They start in um, Yucatan is the state that they're in. And then they travel, you know, up through Mexico and whatever. So it's difficult because it takes place in the 1920s. So obviously I can't go to those places. <laughs> and they talk about prohibition a lot, which is really funny. And they're like, ooh, people sneaking in to Mexico to have their alcohol. <laughs> Very fancy. Not really. <laughs> um... Let's see, what else do I want to talk about? Do I think the title related to the content? I think so. It is about gods of jade and shadow. Surprise. Um, Talk about that a little bit more, because I I have no experience with this book. That's okay. The Cassiopeia accidentally, like, awakens a god, sort of. Okay. And so then she has to go on this quest with him. That her grandfather helped kill. Okay. Well, kill, quote yeah. unquote. So yeah. the, the grandfather helped kill the god, and then... Wh- who, it was his brother, the god's uh, brother, who wanted okay. him dead, so the grandfather helped the god, the, the, the mean one. Okay. And Cassiopeia helped the nice one escape. And so then the mean one had to hire her cousin to, like, help him. They're, like, proxies, sort of, for, like, the gods. It's truly a mess. Um, and basically, she kind of is trying to save the god who yeah. she is now indebted to because she has a piece of him inside of her. So and he is, can... like, he's turning into human as she's, like, sort of losing her strength throughout the book, like, okay. physical strength. Um, so there are two gods, and they are the gods of basically the underworld. They're, like, gods of death. Um, the Kukami and Bu- uh, 
gosh, what's so, a f- let me guess. One's Jade, one's yes. Shadow. No. <laughs> no, that's that's cool though. No, really Jade and Shadow kind of is like the vibe of like the underworld. Okay. They have a lot of Jade, it's made of shadows, etc. But yeah, it's pretty much like all the things that are bad about Hunkami is like that's when she, they bring up Jade and Shadow often. Plus, um, Hunkami is the good one, right? Yeah. He is, uh, his brother is very jealous of him, and yeah. Jade is like a metaphor for jealousy, so. Yeah, it's like Hunkame was, Hunkame, sorry, there's an accent. He was always like on top, he was the firstborn. Born? They're gods. Um, and then Vukub Kame is his brother, and he was technically, he says he was born seven heartbeats after, so he's always just been like, my brother's better than me, he thinks he's better than me because he was born before, it's like, it's a whole thing. Yeah. So, it yes, really is. He's quite the drama queen. Yeah, oh, he's King. so dramatic, truly. It's like, ah. <laughs> it's something else. So, I think that the name is appropriate. It, it was confusing for a while because I was just like she's just cleaning the floor it's like a Cinderella like it starts out like a Cinderella like she's like oh I'm just scrubbing the floor while my grandpa yells at me and I was like oh god yeah I know that's how when I read the book that's how it was I was like oh please don't be Cinderella please don't be Cinderella please don't be a retelling of every fairy tale ever but it's not it's I mean it is like fairy tale ish there's like hints of magical realism like there's it's it's really cool but it's um it's definitely unlike anything I've read, at least in, like, recent history. Um, How do you feel about um, Hunkami's uh, descent into humanism? Oh my gosh, I love him. I know, right? I it's... love it. That's why I was, like, reading a while ago, and I was just like, oh, this is a love story. Oh, oh, okay. Like, I love that. Oh, so good. He just, yeah, he, like, the whole bit is that you can't see his face, you can't see his features, and then eventually she's kind of like, oh. He's turning more human. I can see. I can see inside him he now. He laughed. Yes. And he sighed at one point. And she's like, oh, that smile is nothing like anything I've ever seen before. Who would you recommend this book to? Like, what kind of readers? Um, Just for the record, I've recommended it to, like, every person I've seen in the last, like, three days. Because it's so good. <laughs> so I was, like, telling Cindy about it earlier. I was like, yeah, no, you have to. Five people at this library have read this book. Cindy, you have to read it now. Um... <laughs> I just, I don't know if there's a specific person that would enjoy this. I guess if you like fiction, <laughs> if you're into fiction, it's really good. Um, like, it's got a bit of history into it. Uh, there, There's a lot of backstory, though. You don't really have to, like, learn anything about it. Um, I would recommend it to anyone who can read with their eyes or with their hands or with their ears. It's pretty good. <laughs> Not a guarantee that you'll like it, but you should read it. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much that. Is there anything else I should say about it? No. Okay. Well, that's the end of my book. Well, I haven't gotten to the end yet, but oh, actually, there was this one quote I wanted to say. Um, when she's like in the underworld, sort of later, <laughs> there's like a part where she says, "Snakes, after all, have a great sense of decorum and order." <laughs> it's just like. Alright, 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 I buy that. Alright. That's true. Yeah. I can think of some <laughs> <laughs> So that's so that's my book. Uh Rachel, why don't you finish it off for us? Oh man. I've been like struggling really hard to pick a book. You s- did you still not pick a book? I haven't. So <laughs> maybe I'll just we're talk in the quickly. Podcast now. We're just I'll <laughs> quickly talk about both of them, I guess, because they're kind of similar. Okay. 
So the first one I read was Mexican Gothic, also by Silvia Marino Garcia. Mm -hmm. And it's very different than Gods of Jaden's Shadow, but it's really, really good. It's kind of like a horror story. Um, Did you say horror or horse? Horror. Okay. <laughs> horror story. Like a horse story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she does really great, like, slow burn. Like, I felt the same Gods of Jaden's Shadow, too, where it started out really slow, and then, like, you can't put it down, mm. you know, yeah, 25% really like through. And um, I don't know, it's about a girl, Noemi, who goes and tries to save her cousin, and then she, like, stumbles upon all this the cousin had married into this family and like they're all incest and crazy and like it's just bizarre but it's so good and then like they can't leave the house and so she has to like break them free it it's really awesome Holy like, cow. i don't know sounds you, intense it's intense but it's so good <laughs> but she thinks that it's haunted and it kind of is haunted but it's like a weird haunting but i can't you know blow the twist mm. And then the other one I read was also about a haunted house. Um, it was Home Before Dark by Riley Sager. And this one is really interesting. It's about a girl who goes back to this house that her family is convinced it's haunted. Have you guys ever read uh, or watched um, The Haunting of Hill House? No, I don't watch scary movies. It has that very <laughs> similar feeling um, to it. It's like a not not gore scary but anyway so then she goes back to this house because her father died and she inherited it and they have kept her in the dark all this time about um what really happened when they lived there and she uncovers the truth and it's pretty um mind-blowing to say the least but um I was scared I was genuinely scared <laughs> reading this book and then by the end I was mad at myself for being scared because <laughs> like the ending was just like wow um I have never read anything else by Riley Sager, but I hear that all of his books are kind of intense like that, so. Um, I don't know what else to say. Which one did you like more? <laughs> oh, probably Mexican Gothic, but for different reasons. It's more my kind of horror story. It's more the gothic kind of... Mexican Gothic story. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> slow burn, like, not really... The paranormal stuff really gets to me. <laughs> and that's you just like, like to be uncomfortable. So yeah, apparently. Like, <laughs> apparently. It's like know. the time of year. I don't know. <laughs> Could be. I really like the cover, cover of Mexican Gothic, too. Um, I don't know if you guys can see it. It's She's really pretty. Well, I mean, the listeners can't. <laughs> well, yeah. But, oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's Look it up, guys. Wish really pretty dress. dress on. Wish I had that dress. Like, Not yeah, like I would literally too. ever wear it, but... The other one for the other book is kind of boring. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I totally like Mexican Gothic's cover better. So would you recommend that one over the other? No. I no? think I would recommend them both. Like, it would be... I would probably recommend them to the same kind of people, though. Like, I don't know that I would recommend them to either of you guys, because I know you guys don't like horror books. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I don't know that I would recommend one over the other. Mexican Gothic felt very much so like Shirley Jackson wrote it, which I know I bring her up a lot to you guys, but... <laughs> well, it was like that last one we read. The Garden of the Witchman. Yeah. This one felt very much like We Have Always Lived in the Castle. It was almost, now that I think of it, dead on. Like, hmm. very similar tone and everything. Um, Home Before Dark felt very much like the Haunting of Hill House TV series, not the 
look. Yeah, I cannot. I can't. I, I force like, myself, man. No. Is it like creepy? It's it's like got this sense of dread, but the family drama is so amazing. Yeah, I just <laughs> I think that's the part that I have the trouble with. It's so sad. I cried. Oh wow! It's really intense and sad, and like I don't know. You'll see yourself in it, and I don't know. It's just amazing. So we're going back to books because this is a book <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> it's not like the Haunting of Hill House book though. So did you identify with any of the characters in your books? No, not really. No, and that's really different for me because usually I identify with them, but I felt very much removed from my characters, but not in like a bad way. It's just I didn't. It was like a nice story. Like, yeah. Not something you would want to be a part of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel that. I feel that. Is there a character that you would most like to meet in one of these books? Uh, in Mexican Gothic, I would really like to meet um, her love interest, who is, like, described as this really boring, like, guy, like, kind of bland, but then he, like, turns out to be really sweet, and I think that, you know, he would like be cool Like Ben to meet. in Parks and Rec. Yeah, exactly! <laughs> Pretty much, like... I love that guy. Yeah. Anything you want to say parting about your books? Um, read it. Yeah. Read it. Read read, read read the book. Read more books. Come to the library and read more books. <laughs> I felt like there was something I forgot to mention, and I didn't... The I incest didn't, in that? Well, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mention any positives either, and I feel like I wasn't doing it justice by not. So I want to say something really quick here is that um, in The Cursed Child... One thing that I took away from it that I liked is that there were aspects of understanding things from a parental point of view. Hmm. And because a lot of the people that read Harry Potter are like adults, adults, like, you know, that's what they grew up with, um, the movies, the books. I think it it kind of pulls to them a little bit and be like, we're growing too. Sure. And, you know, I think the parental parts were nice. I still feel like I would have enjoyed it from like Scorpius's point of view, but at the same time, I did appreciate that sense of, you know, their point of view where you didn't really get that obviously in the Harry Potter series because it was all from Harry Potter's point of view and mm-hmm. it was such a, you know, it was a young person's book. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was nice to see that. Though there were some things that I think were a little strange. Um, Upsetting. <laughs> yes. Albus takes Polyju- Polyjuice Potion and um, turns into his uncle mm, and then kisses his aunt a couple of times. <laughs> and uh, they describe it as firmly. And then... Um, <laughs> I mean, but technically... Oh, I mean, no, he's not—he's not blood related to Hermione. No, he <laughs> is to her daughter. Yeah, yeah. I was um, just gonna say yes. So it's still strange, um, yeah. and uh, I understood that it was like a tactic of disguise. But I felt like there were other things you could do. <laughs> Peck on the cheek for yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, and uh, especially Strong because hug. like he then a is like hug. <laughs> his next mode of distraction is we should go on a vacation or have babies. One or the other. Uh, <laughs> very, very childlike way to like look yeah. at being an adult. Yes. Those are the two things you can do to be an adult. Right. Have Take children or go on vacation. <laughs> um, but then like the next page, Scorpius is like, I don't know whether to high five you or punch you because you kissed your aunt like a 500 times. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, 
even the other characters. So the author is like, yeah, this is probably weird. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, Just let's address going. it. <laughs> and they're like, well, I had to do what I had to do, and let's move on from here. And I was like, no, this is weird. I, I don't think do I, can, I can move on from that. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, and then there was the one other point where, um, you know, Delphi, the other character, talks a lot about how... Um, she's older like it alludes to that quite a few times and she goes when I was you guys's age and you know I wanted to have this amount of friends and yada 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 and that at one point they're going back in time and they're going to wear robes to blend in with the students and she's like well I can't pass for a student so you're thinking how old is this person and then at the same time Albus is blushing they're writing letters to each other you know, they're having, like, she kisses him on the cheeks. And it's just, like, really strange. Because mm. you're like, he's 14. Like, you just so can't place like the teacher, age. teacher. Uh, yeah, it seems a little, mm, like, there's a big age gap there. Yeah. And it definitely makes you feel and it's uncomfortable. It's okay if you're older kids, just not when you're 14. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm sure it's illegal in a lot of places still. <laughs> so I, um, Legal precautions, repercussions <laughs> aside. Well, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's gone very far, but at the same time, it just... Where's it going? It's definitely alluding to that a few times, and I'm. it makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Hmm. Um, I Again, I don't know how it's going to end. I don't know if it'll just kind of pitter out after that. Maybe it's just a young boy's... Um, romanticizing the moment yeah and, and I was a gonna crush say <laughs> but it also looks like from scorpius's point of view at the same time he's like getting a little jealous that they have this weird relationship okay well if anyone has anything else to say well thank you very much for listening to this other episode of off the shelf we hope to see you next time